Alrighty, it looks like uh, we're jumping on this recording real quick, and this will be our quick drop episode that I will be dropping tonight. Um, so when you guys listen to the episode that drops here quite soon, um, uh, where Steve talks about this night's action for the World Juniors, um, yeah, I had a, I, I, it was a long recording, Steve. I'm gonna have to go back and, and spend some time editing that one, so that's not making it out today. So we want to drop a quick one for you listeners today, since it's been a week since our last one dropped. But yeah, Steve, um, fun episode we just had. Uh, listeners, be sure to listen out for it in the next day or two, where we talk about the kind of standout players of the month for the USPHL West. And uh, we we talk about specific players and give some honorable mentions, and then just get lost on different topics because um, that's what we do. But yeah, yeah. Steve, um, yeah, we yeah. To continue talking. Yeah, well, because you know, going back to Arizona products and everything, that guy on your Buffalo Sabers is just just okay, just okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a little bit okay. I mean, we're we're pretty big fans of him at this point. And if, if you don't know who we're talking about, it's going to be Dylan Cousins. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, no, it's going to be uh, Tage. I mean, I, he's second in the league in scoring. He just – and, yeah, you were you were mentioning um, – Another Hattie. Uh, Another Hattie. Yeah. So – but the biggest the, – the okay, so you're going to hear one of Steve's grades because I, you know, started to allude to this, and you're like, ah, you need to shut up a bit. we got to cut that other episode quick. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can even mention before because this part won't be – that part won't be heard by the listeners, so you can just repeat kind of like what yes. team – like two years ago. Two years ago, he was on the trading block for a fifth-round pick, and the team would not give up a fifth-round pick. Wrap your head around that. And this is part of what I'm going, you know, on my rant about is people are so like hockey fans, so impatient with development. It's like when you take somebody, you know, in the draft, it's like they're supposed to be NHL ready, especially like number one through 12. Like, oh, they got to be hitting it and lighting it up right away. Hey, everybody, the NHL is so damn stacked with talent right now. They can easily expand again, in my opinion, without any problems. Now, there was talk, you know, in the mid-2000s about the league being watered down and this and that. It's just about development and players coming out of other countries, right? Because how many German players did you really see back, you know, before 2000, right? Not many, you know? And you could go down the list of other European countries and other smaller countries that didn't have hockey on the radar, right? And and even with the U.S., like it's they're producing great players out of everywhere. Arizona, you know, California is massive right now with hockey. You're watching it expand. Vegas is kicking up in Nevada right now. Right. So yeah. the my big, you know, concern about this is, look, if you can you imagine you guys gave up Tage Thompson for a fifth round pick? Can you imagine? And he starts ripping it on up. Patience. I, I can't say it enough. If I got like on Twitter, which, you know, you alluded to is, you know, uh, is a Gen Z's uh, toxic waste pit uh, for complaining. It's pretty much <laughs> no, it. Gen because, X's. Gen oh, whatever. X's. Yeah. X, Z's, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> Lovkoski for the Habs right now. Oh, God. Like he's under Martin St. Louis, who is extremely patient. My Habs play has not been inspiring. I am so impressed with Martin St. Louis as a coach. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, he knows how to deliver the message. He's looking for positives. Like, my Habs were exciting and fun to watch the first, you know, up until the month of December. Except, you know, I was at the Coyotes game. The Coyotes did outplay the Habs. But we won, right? 
and there, it's just not like you, you can tell, like there's the injuries on defense are hurting us. Like Gooley's now out and he's a stud like that kid's awesome. But missing out on Savard, you know, that really hurt, you know, and those type of things have a great impact. Right. And their goaltending is not where it needs to be. It's up and it's down. But people bitching and moaning about Slavkowski. If you cannot trust Martin Saint-Louis <laughs> with his development, you just need to shut up. Like, I'm not even being polite about it. Just shut up. Oh, for the love of God. Trust the man who has who basically helped flip Cole Caulfield's confidence in a matter of weeks, okay? Slavkowski, you know, people saying getting 12 minutes in the NHL is not helping him. How? Like, you guys want him to have number one minutes all the time? Like, no. Like, you don't do that if he's not earning it at this point. You give him you give him a role to play. It doesn't mean he's going to be getting 20 to 30 minutes if you put him in the AHL, right? So right now, he's under probably one of the best developmental coaches. And I'm talking about self-esteem-wise and just different things that I've seen in the NHL in quite some time, right? So one more time, shut up, okay? Connor Bedard... God, he's going to go number one. He's got to go number one. But if you expect him at his age to come in and automatically score 60 goals, pull your head out of your ass. Like, he's a young guy. He's extremely talented. But just like everybody else, like, I can go back and cite Clayton Keller, right? Great product out of the USA Hockey. Great product. It just took him a while to get his strength and his game because, you know, I, I was just saying it was easy to knock off the puck just a couple of years ago. But last season before his leg injury, man, he's becoming, you know, getting to that elite status now. He's a great playmaker. He's got a good shot. Great vision on the ice. It takes time. So yeah. everybody chill because I'm glad whoever the GM that was going to unload him for a fifth round pick. Again, he's another one. Pull your head out of your ass. Give some people some time. Let them develop and see what can come from them, for God's sakes. Dude, I, I if it was my Montreal Canadiens going to peel them for a fifth, I'm going to go back to Bergevin and say, come on, Bergie. But oh, whoever that, that was. Oh, that makes me excited now. No, go oh, ahead. I just no, got I'm excited just, about something. Oh, that's okay. I'm just saying, like, that's that's my rant. Like, everybody, some patience, you know, for the younger guys coming in and, and, and you know, developing. It's going to take not everybody's going to jump in the league and just light it up. It takes some freaking time, especially European players. The smaller ice surface is a huge deal for them. And Slavkowski's yeah. 18 and he's a big boy. Like he's he's gotten hit because his head's been down because those gaps get closed a lot quicker in the NHL. He's learning. This is how he's going to learn. And at 18, he's a great big boy. Can you imagine him in two years once he gets to muscle on up and gets used to the league? Sorry, everybody. Oh, yeah. Calm down. Now, you got excited about something. What were you excited about? <laughs> I got excited because I realized in my tiredness, which you listeners can hear about on the next episode that drops, um, because I've gotten back from all my travels now, a five-day trip to Vegas ended up being two and a half weeks trapped in North America. But... I'm back and I brought my PS4 with me because we ended up going to Canada where I left my PS4. So I'm like, well, this is just, you know, the hockey god smiling upon me. And uh, I was able to pick up also like NHL 23 for PS4 at the uh, GameStop in Canada was like 33 US dollars. I was like, you're kidding me. I usually pick up these games for like 70 bucks when they're new. 
Uh, and it was a new game. And uh, But it was across from Pro Hockey Life. And I have to stop in Pro Hockey Life whenever I'm in Canada. Um, so shout out to Pro Hockey Life. We're also still looking for a sponsor. So feel free to reach out. We do have a we do have a um, a podcast host, Sebastian, who is in the local area. And actually, I think he lives pretty close to Pro Hockey Life. I'm not going to give away his thing, but I don't think he lives very far away from. You know, he lives in Canada. Let's just put it like that. I think. I th- honestly now I don't even know. I've never actually been to his house, but. Um, I love Pro Hockey Life. If you get it, have you gone to Pro Hockey Life? I don't know how I got on a Pro Hockey Life tangent. No, I've never gone to Pro Hockey Life. It's been, oh, you know, I went uh, up and hugged the pillows. Oh, let me send a picture to you right now. I went up and hugged the pillows. Um, but you know, down here, um, oh, what's the name of the the place? Down so here? also, when when you see this picture, it's going to be from the goalie section. Just FYI, this is great riveting content. Sorry. One, the one that's down by us is um, behind the mask. He was actually the owner of the store. He does a goalie clinic here. Um, he was a prospect for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, let's talk about brilliant, right? Like of all the places you wanted to set up and corner a market in, just brilliant. Um, yeah. It, it actually pains me when I have to go into these stores because, like I said, I don't play anymore, right? So when I see this gear, I just look at I, it. That's going, why I hugged the pillows, right? I had to hug the pillows. <sighs> But I just see, like, I keep saying to everybody, you know, talk, I'd love to talk to like a Grant Fuhrer at some point again, like, because the nice thing about being out here in Arizona is we had access to players. And when I first met Grant Fuhrer, um, it was just quick, you know, he came on up, such a nice guy, you know, let us look at his Stanley Cup rings, you know, chatted it on up for a bit. He signed a few things for me, nothing but great things to say about Grant Fuhrer, but I would love to have asked him like, hey, have you tried playing with the newer equipment? What are your thoughts on it, right? Just to see what they've got to say. Because like I said, I was used to the old, heavy, crappy equipment back from the 80s and early 90s. And, you know, the the last pair of pads I had still weren't that updated. They were still kind of older, and I was just playing through with them. Because by the time the newer stuff just started coming out, that was time for me to hang it on up, and I was out of it. Um, so... Yeah, I want to talk to, you know, somebody who's played in the the older stuff and about the new equipment, just how it feels. So I can try to live vicariously through them. Um, But yeah, uh, sorry about the rant, everybody. The you know, it's just (laughs) that's uh, that's I recorded a bonus episode. Yeah, it's just it's to me, it's beyond frustrating. Right. Like they're young players. Give them time. Yeah. You know, and you're you're talking about, you know, because players will talk about the exhaustion. So, you know, he played, you know, Dylan Strom. You know, he's making a lot of uh, news lately, you know, uh, him talking to his daughter, you know, and going on about, you know, why daddy has to leave home and why it's tough. Like really cool moments there. Right. And imagine that on a Slavkovsky who's now playing in Montreal, right, a city where that kid cannot go to the bathroom without a media person in his face. Right. Can't go to grab something at a corner store without 100 people asking him for an autograph. So going into that, you know, drafted number one into a major hockey market away from his home country, you know, it's that's that's tough enough. And then the lifestyle of a hockey player, you know, you're on the road almost every other week. Right. Sometimes two, three weeks at a time. So, you know, the way it can the way it can go. We can talk to the Coyotes about that two, three weeks at a time. So um cut them some slack you know because it's one thing i realized you know when you know i try to meet players and get some autographs from my favorite players sometimes was 
you don't know what's going on in their personal lives when they're walking around, right? You don't know what's going on there. You don't know, you know, take a look at how long they've been on the road, you know, and some of these flights are just terrible. Like you were complaining about your flight stuff, right? Just imagine wrapping up one of those games at, you know, you know, let's call it like 11 o'clock going to the airport, flying out and then having to play the next day. Right. So it's those things I kind of put put in my head now because, you know, I do realize they're getting paid a lot of money to do what they're doing. But it's tough on the body. You know, I had a simple travel job where I was flying, you know, a couple times a week, you know, two to three weeks at a time to different locations. And it it kicked my butt, you know, um, and I had to be on point in a different way, not you know, physically with, you know, playing a professional sport, but I had to be there mentally with my sales and training job that I was doing at the time. So I can't imagine like having that on top of the physical nature of the job and battling through injuries and whatnot. Right. So everybody, one more time, chill out on the new drafts, give them time. Cause if Tage Thompson doesn't prove the point, I don't know what else to say to people, man, Bergevin, if that was you at the number five again, Bergie, I'm going to have to have a talk with you, buddy. But um, it's amazing, though. Like, I love that story, right? Love the story of Tage Thompson rising on up, another, you know, Arizona product. Um, Connor Dumasnil would love to talk with you, um, you know, and because I believe he was from Pinnacle High School. If I go back and I look properly, um, you know, but anyway, I'm really looking forward to this junior hockey game today. Um, I think my daughter's got an appointment I got to go to. So uh, <laughs> I'll be dipping outside, <laughs> you know, uh, so they don't have to, you know, hear me cussing and swearing and everything else and cheering and yelling at Elabu when Canada hopefully scores. Um, so USA. <laughs> Booers. Uh, so it's going to be and you know what's awesome is my daughters are both Canadian American, right? So. Uh, it's kind of funny. My daughter, my oldest, will flip flop on who her allegiance is to. Uh, so love it. I always love the Canadian women's and the U.S. women's matchups because they're just, oh, yeah. oh, just exciting. Oh, exciting! And there's so much rivalry. I just love it. <laughs> so, you know, just just love it. So tonight, looking forward to that game. Um, I'm hopefully I can watch the other game too. I think I'm gonna try to put it on a screen while I work. Uh, it, see, I'm a attendee, so my biggest problem, everybody, is I have a hard time taking my eye off that damn puck. So it doesn't work yeah. too well, and I try to cross work and hockey, just so you guys are aware. So uh, it's probably not going to happen because i got a lot of stuff i got to take care of here today. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to that junior hockey. Um, I'm hoping that I can get some more USPHL games and, you know, start. I can reference you games. Like, I can – because I know it's – like when I watch the games, they're already on replay. I'm the games just I'm in Denmark, so I just can't watch a lot of live games unless it's a Sunday night at like 10 p.m. and I get to watch like one. Um, but I love the USPHO West games, and uh, I can always reference you one a week at least where I'm like, you got to watch this game. Like I mentioned, I think it was a couple weeks ago that Rogue Valley Be- Bellingham game was like a goalie showcase that was incredible. Um, it was uh, ETA versus Rivas. Um, yeah. There's just and then uh, that Northeast Generals game from like a week before where Colin DeYoung, I think they still lost to Maine, but he played. I, I, I really cannot think of a goalie that's played a better game this year than he did. I think it was 12 December. It was just Maine was I don't know what was wrong with Northeast, but Maine was just another level up that game. And 
De Young just was making I don't think I've ever saved that many goalie saves in a game ever. He was just making one after the other. I stopped after like six saves. I'm like, no, this is ridiculous. I they all can't be this incredible. Um and plus nobody wants to watch every uh, you know, I think I don't know how many saves he made that game, but he was out of his mind. Uh but no, I can always reference you one game a week where I'm like Dude, this is the one where when you have time, sit down, enjoy. This is a good one. Whether it's a, you know, score fest or a goalie showcase. Me and you both like the goalie, the goalie showcases because uh, our goalie clinics. I just left a showcase, so I'm tired. Um, well, I feel like I just left a showcase, but it did end a week and a half ago, and I just got home. But yeah, the goalie uh, clinics are my favorite. But uh, yeah, any game that just gets wild. You know, maybe some fights break out. Uh, that's more popular than all. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'll definitely shoot it your way. So you at least can get like one USPHL game a week, um, especially if we're going to be talking to a specific goalie or a specific forward. Uh, we do have a lot of you coming up. We met a lot of you to showcase and uh, a lot of teams and a lot of players went on. So we're going to try to squeeze a couple episodes in a week. So there might be as not edited as they were before. Um but uh, you're going to hear a lot more of Steve's clearing his throat and a lot more of my ums. So just part of the fun of uh, the podcast. But uh, it's going to be a blast. I think, you know, the next year uh, we're going to have a lot of people on. And I kind of want to, you know, shake things up, I think, in the next year when we do have people come on. Steve, we're just going to I'm going to ask this question to you raw right out the gate here. Um I'm thinking we do the interviews like we normally do, right? We we sit there, we chat, and we, we learn about the player. But I'm thinking – and we always just ask some personal questions. But I think chatting and uh, asking questions with the players can be fun. But also just if we're going to have a new guest on, still also throw them a – you know, hey, uh, we'll learn a little bit about you, but we'll learn about you through this. So we're going to, you know, analyze the 2017 NHL draft, and we're all going to, you know, pick our top fives. What, who would be our new top five? And uh, through that top five, we just learned about the player or coach or something. What do you think of that? Or do you just no, that's, that's fine? You know, it's it's great. It's you know, different. it's good. It's kind of interesting when you go back and you look at some of the old drafts. Um, it's just know, an it, example. We could be analyzing yeah. Minnesota Wild roster. I'm just saying something different. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm always good on the fly with as long as I know the players' names from that draft. Um, this year's draft, by the way, is going to be Redonk. That may be a good one. Who would you take in your top five? Right? Because this year's yeah. NHL draft is loaded. So right now, as my Montreal Canadiens are struggling with the young team that they have, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with yeah. it. I would definitely – oh, let's take a look. Has he been drafted? Is the, is the goalie for Slovakia? Is he, yeah, has he been drafted yet? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. I'd be stunned. Him. If he's not, he will be. Oh, heck yeah. That's what I'm going to say. What, what was Adam Gajan? So I can't pronounce his last name. Gajan? Guj- uh, I'd probably Gujan. say it's Gajan is what I'm going to guess. Place of birth, youth team. I see all that. Uh, yeah, he's 2023, 2024, going to the University, uh, University of Minnesota Duluth. Look at that. Good for him. That's a – yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big and – I'm going to see – I'm going to just type in draft because I don't see that he's been drafted yet. Or somebody should just sign this kid. Like, No, he has he, to be drafted first. Does he not? He has to be depend, drafted. It depends, because it depends on the age, right? So, right. Uh, well, he's not – what is it, over 26? He can just be signed? 
I don't know. Um, because what is Mont- No, not really. Because Montreal Canadiens, uh, Jack guy, who was just what a steal. You know, he was undrafted to get into the OHL, right? Undrafted in the AHL, undrafted in the NHL. The Montreal Canadiens just signed him, and he's a starting defenseman that's not doing too bad for his age. So let me look up Arbor Jack guy. This is saying that how do you even enter the Okay. To be eligible, players must be 18 years old by September 15th and under 20 years old by December 31st in the draft year. So after 20, they're, they can be just free agents? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because so Jack guy is 21 and he was signed last year. So yeah, players, yeah, players over 20 years old automatically become UFAs. Players can only either the enter the draft twice. Huh? I didn't know this. See, listeners, we're learning something new today. Yeah, and he's 2024. So if he does not get picked up this year by somebody, they're nuts because. You know, his play was unbelievable. He's a 6'4 goalie. And, you know, just some of the saves he made were were incredible, right? So somebody's got to pick this guy up this year. Just got to pick this guy up this year. So impressed with that play. Um, there were so many moments. That Canada game, I'm telling you, Chris, it was nuts. It was, I think it was 2 nothing, then it went 2-1, and we got the next one 3-1. And that three-goal thing always makes you nervous, right? Like, just pot the next one. Just kill their momentum. Uh, And I think the tying goal um, that was scored against Canada, man, the one defenseman got antsy, and it happens at that age, right? And it even happens in the NHL. You'll see it happen. Because I think it was the Tampa Bay series at one point, the uh, second defenseman went behind the net and just chased the puck. You're like, what are you doing? You just left a dude wide open in front and boom, goal, right? You're like, you can't do that. And that's what happened there. Like the defenseman just got antsy. He was like, ah, I'm going to break and go. And as soon as he did that, the Habs prospect, Misha, you know, perfect pass right on over on the tape of the stick and boom in the neck. His guy was wide open. Right. So, yeah, you you, you can't you can't. There's that other defenseman. We get it. Like you're brilliant if you intercept and you steal the puck and you go. But as soon as you get up to a certain level of talent, it doesn't happen anymore. You're going to get burnt. So stay your position, tie up the, you know, tie him up because the goalie's got, goalie can see that puck. He can see where it's coming from, right? They're not going to score very rarely from that angle, except <laughs> going to go back to Bedard for a second. That dude ripped one, you know, you know, bad angle. And it, you know, just over the goalie's shoulder when the goalie was down, it was into the net so damn fast. They didn't even know it was a goal. That guy, that kid's unreal. <laughs> and, you know, the, he, he made, like, the, the highlight. Like, he is still a young player, right? Like, he made a bad cough up at the blue line. I mean, he was the last guy back, and it led to a goal. And you're just like, ugh. But it's going to happen at that age, right? You know, it's like, it wasn't crapping on Bedard. It just went, ugh. And he tried his best to get back, but then we ended up with three players sliding along the ice. And then it was just a patience play and throwing it to a guy, once again, wide open in front, like, you know, as soon as that guy goes behind the net, leave him be. You don't need to be diving anywhere or doing anything else. Like, I and I do get it. You know, here's my thing, Chris, because this is the honest debate, which always, always gets me. Is the player sliding to take away the pass, right? Mm-hmm. As a goal, I didn't want him doing that because now you're taking my options away from me. Stick to the guy. Stick to the player who doesn't have the puck. Like, take him out of the play. 
cover him up. Let me handle it. Oh, yeah, we've had this pump. conversation. Yeah, me yeah. and you are in agreement. That's how we were. That's how I came up as a goalie. Is you take the you take away the pass. I'll take the, I'll take on the shooter. Yeah. Like, you just got to be able to outplay the shooter at that point. And some some of them are better than you as a goalie. Like they're gonna pick that perfect spot and you're gonna get beat. But if you don't have to dive across on possibly them passing it right back to the initial threat, or you know they're just you sliding off angle, whatever it is. Like if they take the easier shot for you is the one coming straight on because you can also come farther out of your net to make the net smaller. You can play it completely differently. If you don't know what your defender's planning on doing, or your defender's trying to take away the shot, not the pass. I have to play deeper in net, which means the net's bigger for the shooter. If you're taking away the pass, I'm coming out because for me, it's kind of, I play it closer to a breakaway. Because you're you're trying to take away as much of them, you know, not exactly like a breakaway, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you can make the net smaller if you only have to worry about the initial threat, truthfully, yeah. and that just helps you as a goalie. So yeah, I've been seeing a lot of plays as of late at every level, from junior all the way up to where they're not doing. And I don't understand the I don't understand that. And maybe someone can explain to me why defenders are now trying to take away the shot instead of the pass a lot, because I don't get it. And don't and on top of it, just don't lay down and throw your stick out there tuck that stick in with you. <laughs> you, know you can stick your stick out there if you're trying to take away the pass, but don't try to take away the shot and then lay out with like your stick out there. Just well, because it's the, these back. guys are so talented now, like again, going back, it's not taking away from playing the seventies and eighties, but these guys now can feather a pass up over top of somebody and the guys can pick the puck up out of the air more easier. Right. Or it's just a perfect saucer oh, yeah. pass on over. So you, it's so much harder from a goalie with that hard, quick pass going from post to post to make the save than it is just to take the guy on directly, right? So you'd much rather face the, the, the shooter square. Now, I get it. If it's Connor Bedard coming on, you, you may want to try it. But again, all he has to do on attendee is just hold it for that one second, look like he's going to snipe, and then pass it. You're screwed because all your weight is on that one side of your body anticipating the shot. Right. So I, I don't get it. So maybe we need to start speaking to people higher up that can tell us why, maybe. you know, and some of our current coaches like we'll talk to Seabass like, hey, why is this being coached now? I don't personally get it. Right. Is it there was there some sort of analysis done where you have, you know, because it, it has to be, dude, it's the only thing that would make sense to me where, you know, they were analyzing the game between those plays where they lay down to take away the pass about how many of them get broken up as opposed to how many get through, you know, it, it's got to be coached. Like, it's the only way I can see it. But I still, it still bothers me because, again, I, I'd much rather my attendee take on that shooter square on, right? So, I don't know. Um, I'll, we'll get the answer here eventually, you know, and I don't think me and you are going to necessarily agree with it. <laughs> but we'll get the answer. But like I said, it's everything's stat-driven now in hockey, right? So there's got to be a stat behind it somewhere, but. Um, yeah, for sure. Anybody else feel free to chime in on that just because I'm saying as attendee and like all the other attendees that come on, maybe that's going to be our question. Maybe we'll throw it out to every attendee we interview. OK, two on one coming in on you. What do you want your defenseman to do? And we'll find out from them. Right. Right. From their word of mouth. But I guarantee you, every goal is going to say, I want the shooter. <laughs> Give me the shooter. Right. That's what I'm there for. So we'll find out. Um, but yeah, my friend. Uh, well, glad you're back in Copenhagen. Um you got to enjoy a poutine, though, a really good poutine. So I'm um, slightly super jealous. I will be back, though, in Ottawa, Montreal area around June of this year. So I'm pumped about that. Um, 
I will gloat as I eat a poutine. And I would have good. 30. Um, I will definitely gain about 40 pounds and probably need a, uh, uh, see a cardiologist, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, um, just looking forward to tonight's hockey. Um, really looking forward to tonight's hockey. Oh yeah, I gotta bring it up for you. How did you feel about Ovi breaking, uh, surpassing Gordy Howe? I loved it. I mean, I think, you know, uh, People can have their opinions on Obi one way or another, but he is, in my opinion, the greatest goal scorer of all time. He's managed to make it through a pandemic, lockouts, and uh, here he is. He's about to chase down Gretzky, you know, barring, um, you know, anything else happening or some tragic injury. He's going to beat Gretzky. I mean, he's not going to catch Gretzky's points. That's I don't think anyone can do that. Um, but he should be able to beat Gretzky's goals. I think he's... He's still shooting on all cylinders, still. And how old is he now? Like 36, 34, 35? Yes, I, I got to look up his age. Yeah, same here. Uh, but while we look up his age, uh, again, everyone, make sure you, you give a listen to our uh, episode coming up here in maybe a day or two. Uh, this is kind of just like a pre-episode um, where we uh, we talk about the USPHL West Standout Players of the Month. And um, and that just kind of feeds off of what Steve was talking about with the development of players and just the way that Tage Thompson has just I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't want him on their team right now? And my Buffalo Sabres are fortunate enough to have him. And uh, it, players just need time to develop. Some players need a little bit more time than others. Others peak at different times. And, uh, you know, for any coaching staffs or GMs or scouts that are looking for players to place on their roster, um we got some O2s we talk about. We got some O3s, O6s as well. So definitely make sure you pay attention to this next episode that we drop monthly and uh, listen to our 30 standout players of the month. How old is Opie? I still have not looked that up, dude. Oh. <laughs> Alexander. Just, I was listening to you. I, I, go on on elite pro- I, I, I live off Elite Prospects, which Elite Prospects also we are still seeking sponsorship. So, um, 37. But, I was pretty close. I said 36, 37, 38, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, booyah. Yeah, he's not getting any. He's not getting any slower. I think. I. Uh, he could catch him next year. I just don't see it. Um, but he'll catch him, 24, 25, by by far. Like he'll be playing in 24, 25. He'll catch him. He yeah. could catch him next year. I he could, but. I don't the only think. thing is a player like um, like I can see okay because he's been healthier. Like Matthews has had some issues, right? Um, but you never know, right? Because he's still tearing it up. We're talking well, years it's not down like the, that. Road. the reason I like Ovi is Ovi's also um, and I'm sorry I've been watching Ovi's live since '08 because that's when I initially moved to DC. Um, he is not a player that backs on people like oh he doesn't fight. he does fight. And then everyone brings up, oh, he, he, you know, knocked out that Russian kid um, during the playoffs. I'm like, well, he, the, the kid picked off bigger, you know, more than he could shoot. What's his name off of Carolina? Oh, Veshkov. Uh, yeah, and you know, you know, Ovi had more bite. Um, <laughs> you don't take. Oh, because he's well. The thing is with Ovi, he's like when you see him, you know, he's not your. Completely yeah, but he never backed down from fights. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I've watched a lot of him. He, I guess seeing he's deceiving with his size, right? Because he's not your big, ripped, jacked player, right? 
but he's solid. So like that, like, again, I'll go back to it. Like I know like it was a true knock on Ovechkin, like before when the Capitals, you know, had powerhouse teams and they weren't winning because he was just playing one dimensional hockey. Right. And 100 percent. And it was just him trying to take on other teams himself. Like I said, I can go back to that Hab series every time with Halak. Halak played outstanding, but Ovechkin decided like it, it needed to be him to beat him. And then once he realized like, hey, if I throw my body around a lot, if I play defense, if I block shots, and he's more of a threat when you don't know if he's going to shoot or pass, right? Like, yeah, you've got him sitting there, like having him on the power play back just as bait because you you can't just let him rip a shot. So it's just, you know, it was once that message got through to him that that's why they got the cup because if that message never got through, they never would have got there in my opinion because he was just too easy to defend, you know, on a, you know, it's not even just on a one-on-one. You know, it's like one guy just keep him to the outside and the other guy just make sure, again, to keep him to the outside. Let him rip it from there. It's a lot harder for him to score. He's such a bigger threat now. And that's why, you know, playoff-wise, you know, they're always in the hunt, you know. And for him, Backstrom is a big reason behind his goal scoring, right? They've got such great chemistry, so they need him to be healthy. But, you know, they're still in the hunt, uh, you know, and playing well there. I think they they didn't start off, if I'm not mistaken, the season too hot, right? But now they're in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. Um, I What's disappointing is, like, I was back in North America in three major hockey cities for four major hockey cities. <laughs> I have to do the math. I won't count New York City because I was only there for a night. Um, but... I was in Vegas and I was talking to the coach of the San Diego Sabres. And he's like, Hey, you going to the game tonight? I'm like, the what? He's like Vegas, Buffalo. I'm like, are we playing tonight? He's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I was so upset. And it, you know, but the problem is I'm on European time, especially then when I didn't know I'd be there for two more weeks. Um, I was just trying to stay on Danish time. So I was going back to the hotel room and going like, I wasn't even staying up for the late games, which is really disappointing because I didn't actually get to see Fabian play live. Cause the only game he got, I don't know how the only game he got at the showcase was the first one. And, uh, that was the late game. I'm like, yeah, I'll catch the next game. He's at like, I specifically had scheduled and he didn't get uh, another game cause they rotated all four goalies on Lake Tahoe's roster. Uh, had I known that was his only game, I would have just fought through the tiredness and, stayed up for Lake Tahoe that game, but it was like an eight o'clock start. And dude, that to me, what is eight? I don't know. It was like 5. AM in the morning to me. And I was going to stay there because of that. There's no way. Right. I'm an old man. You know, 8 PM sounds late to me right now. Yeah. And so I didn't go to that. And then, um, I was in Montreal and Ottawa. And I know that when I was in Montreal, I forgot much. I think Montreal was playing. God, you Uh, say it's so American. dude. We were trying to look up for tickets. Dude, dude, Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> it's almost like you say it, it wrong. Yeah, you almost say like it's it's just so. Okay, it's let me get over the Canadian here. I'm going to yeah, call that, my wife yeah. into this conversation. Baby she'll girl. say it, she'll say she should say the same way. It's almost like you're saying like with a you, Montreal. She can't hear me. Yeah. Montreal. There you go. Montreal. Because when you do the Montreal, we all laugh. But anyway, go on. I know. Well, I pronounce everything wrong. Um, <laughs> she has her headphones on, so she doesn't have to listen to me talk. Um, but uh, no, like I think uh, we were staying with, uh, you know, our uh, previous guest, world champion, broom baller, Ben Keeley. And 
yeah, he was trying to get tickets and we just couldn't get tickets. Um, I don't, I, I can't remember if there was games. There was some reason we were trying to get something, but then we were down in DC. Same thing. He tried to get us tickets down in DC because we were playing Montreal down in DC. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. You did a bit beautiful I'm it now. Now I'm gonna overthink Montreal. But um, yeah, we're walking around the city on the 31st, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of Habs jerseys, and started seeing more Caps jerseys, and I'm like. Me and him just kind of looked at each other and he grabbed his phone. He's like, yeah, they're playing. I'm like, oh, she's like, we should get tickets. I'm like, yeah, I don't know the one night we're here in D.C. and it's New Year's Eve. And I don't think my wife's going to be extremely happy that I'm suddenly going to go to a hockey game. Um, but then she was actually fine with it. And then it also turned out that the game was starting. We thought it would be a seven o'clock start because we just kind of prepped for that. And then we're sitting at the Succotash in D.C., uh, great. One of our favorite places to go in DC. I could name like 15 places you need to go in DC Joe's. Um, and, uh, I tell you, we looked at the TV cause we're, we're just watching bowl games and I'm like, is that the caps? Cause I'm like, it can't be there. Hopefully it's another team, but I think that's the Habs, but the other team's wearing black. Oh, and then we he got looks at me, he's like, spanked. yeah, apparently <laughs> nine yeah. to two. Who, I got? think it was, <laughs> Oh, the caps beat him up. Or oh, hell yeah. It was that was an afternoon game. And God, I wish I would have gone to it now. That would have been a blast to watch the Habs get destroyed live. Yeah. Well, you can enjoy <sighs> it for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, they, it, I didn't even watch like I didn't even watch the game. Um, yeah, there was just too much going on at the time. But yeah, um, I still I got my buddy Greg that lives out there and he's a Caps fan. And I've been talking about heading out that way for a game for years now. He's a barbecue master um retired firefighter and uh now he does he works at a microbrew um he's supposed to send me some beers i just don't know if there's a uh you know i know there's all that state line shipping stuff where you can't do so many things right so which to me is just dumb but anyway um yeah i gotta get out to that neck of the woods that's another arena i know i was told do not wear the opposing team's jersey because it gets a little hostile um yeah uh I will say so. Like, I, there's not many arenas I've been to that the, it doesn't. Uh, Ottawa is far worse than um, than uh, like the Buffalo. You're actually pretty safe. Uh, I've seen people and, and they don't really seem to have a problem. Maybe someone who's been to Buffalo can speak. Otherwise, just don't wear a Leafs jersey there. Like, we're used to you guys. We don't care about you anymore. Um, but like any other jersey should generally be pretty safe in, in Buffalo. And I don't think like Buffalo fans get mean at, at Toronto games, but uh, there's just so many Maple Leafs fans because you can't afford Maple Leafs tickets. They all just come down there like a locust herd or something, whatever you want to call the herd. What, what do you call like a, that a biblical a swarm of locusts? There you go. There we go. Yeah. See my brand telling you, bro, I ain't working. Um, but uh, yeah, which I get it. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll stop on Toronto right there. I could go a lot farther on that. Um, but, uh, well, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, Ottawa games were much, much. Well, Ottawa games playing. were like, I hated being a Sabres fan in Ottawa. Ottawa fans were just obnoxious and were always trying to fight you, even at the urinal. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was there when a Buffalo, a female Buffalo fan in the smoke area got knocked out cold. What? By a Senators fan. Oh, yeah. He got arrested. But, um, well, maybe I was safer because I was there as, you know, uh, I was there as a Habs fan and there's so many Habs fans that just flock to that arena. It's right? always the drunks. It's the thing is, it's never a sober hockey fan. 
Uh, and I'm probably going to say it's probably common to football and baseball games too. Um, cause honestly, I wouldn't want to be an out of town fan at a, uh, what is that? Oakland A's game. <laughs> Heck no. Um, or San Diego, what team gets really, the fans get nasty, violent there. Like they're always like carrying knives. I'm like, nah, uh, I do not want to get stabbed at a baseball game. Are you kidding me? I don't know. But like any of that stuff's ridiculous. Like, did you see the one, did you see the, the Boston game here in Arizona where they got into a huge Oh scrum? yeah. And yeah. I saw that. That was like a week and a half ago. Dude got half what? his finger bit off. I'm like, how does it escalate to that people? Like, look, I'm all about a good rivalry, you know? And if you're in our house, like, you know, you don't have to be disrespectful. Cheer for your goals. Like, if you want to yeah. talk smack, talk smack. It's going to come back. But I just never understand it to the point where fisticuffs start going. Like, what the flying hell? People, it's always some drunk person, like, attacking someone else from behind or just doing something like pouring some beer on your head or something. It's always something dumb. Every single time I've seen yeah. anything in a game or somebody tries to get into it, they, they initiate some sort of, like – they it's the drunk person i don't know dude like as a sabers fan at like at verizon center it was verizon center when i lived in dc um like i was a caps fan like i decided when i moved to dc you know i didn't know where i was going to be moving when i left ottawa and it ended up being dc so the first year felt kind of wrong um but then i just kind of the culture grew on me and i became a pretty huge hockey fan and a dc hockey fan by 09 but Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was always there at Caps, always there, like Section 419 at Caps games and was always at the Green Turtle when they still had it, which is the bar right there in uh, the Verizon Center before they decided to replace it with a stupid gambling center or whatever the heck it is now. Um, The bar was better. Sorry, Caps. Um, That's an F. But uh, I don't know if it's changed. I haven't seen if they swapped it back out for an actual place that people could meet up and have a good time. Um, But, yeah, I was known well by the staff there. And, uh, yeah, it was just very disappointing that uh, every single time I wore a Sabres jersey, somebody tried to get, you know, they would get in your face. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, they're 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 begging you to fight them. Like, there was one game where, the, obviously, the Caps won. Um, it was actually the game where Ovechkin scored on the lean on his stomach. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Ovechkin got, like, he was on his stomach and still managed to score on the lean. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a beautiful goal. It was one of the best goals I've probably ever seen live. And uh, me and my brother were both wearing Sabres jerseys because he had come up from North Carolina. And we both had to stand up and clap for that one. That was a ridiculous goal. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the game, you know, these two jackasses, I don't know how to put it, you know, got up in our face like, yeah, we hope you drove all the way down from effing Buffalo to see your effing team. You lose you effing and I won't repeat what else they said. And I'm just like. Like in our faces after the game, like, wow, really big of you to come up after the game and try to start a fight. Yeah. Like, well, it's just, it's, it's just, but dirt, like, it's just like, yeah. dirt bags. Like it's the same thing. Like, oh, it's like the, the whole soccer hooligan thing. Like you see stuff like that going on. I'm like, if, if really, if that's your whole purpose in life is just to go out and randomly beat people up, you're just worthless. Like you're worthless. Like not be just not, not even just beat people up, but yeah, those people are worthless, but it's also the people that just want to go up and, like I have never been, I never felt the need to uh, to verbally go after another fan wearing another jersey to game. Well, yeah, okay, so here's, here's whether what I'll we tell whooped you. them or whether we lost or whether like the, the only thing I'll do, Chris, is I'll chirp back, right? Because like when we were at, if they um, start, I might chime in, but I always know it's a bad idea, so I try to avoid it. <laughs> well, um, well, like maybe at the airport, I might have shot some things back to some people that were just being jackasses as we we're walking. 
out of the airport, but what can you do? But yeah, in games like that, you know, people have been drinking. Yeah. Um, as clearly the person at the airport was, so I should have just kept my mouth shut. But I don't try to get to it at games because I'm like, no, I don't want to be banned from a marina because this person eventually starts throwing down and now I just have to start throwing down back. Um, yeah. I've literally also one of the best things I've ever had to deal with, I'm not lying, is actually having when I was in D.C. having two Boston fans get in a fight with each other after the game they won in the playoffs at the Green Turtle. Like we were all hanging out at the Green Turtle afterwards and these two Boston fans um, were sitting there. And uh, we're all talking, and I think, what was it, Thomas and – I don't remember the cat. Was it Vokun? I can't remember who was in that for the – Hopi. Maybe it was Hopi and Thomas. I don't remember who was in that for those games. But they are arguing over who the best goalie was. Um, and one Boston fan said it was the Caps goalie, and the other Boston fan said it was the Boston goalie, and they started getting into it. I'm like, these guys are actually going to – and all of a sudden, they just started throwing down over who the best goalie was. And we, me and my buddy actually had to jump in and break up that fight between two Boston fans – in D.C. after a Boston win in the playoffs. That happened. You can't make that up, you know. But you I also think I'm going to be signaled to help out with my uh, th- with dinner here in a second, too. So yeah, well, let's, let's just wrap, the, let's just wrap up because, like, uh, I'll give you this one quick one. So, you know, about me just chirping back. So it was at the Habs game. I'm dressed as Santa Claus beside my daughter. You know, there's some Arizona fans there, you know, and she's just – Dumb chirping and go like, oh, hey, uh, I think it was Montembeau. Hey, Montembeau, I bought your jersey today. Eh. I'm like, God, if you're going to chirp, chirp well, right? If you're going to say <laughs> something. And she just kept going and going and we're winning, you know, at the time. And then it gets tied up, right? And then we're in overtime and we win. And all of a sudden, you know, it just gets, you know, the, you know, the chirping, you know, automatically stops. I'm like, hey, why don't you bring that jersey over to Monty? He'll, he'll sign it for you with a big W on it. Zero, right? Zero. That's about the only time I'll chirp like that, right? But that was an entertaining game. I thought the Coyotes deserved to win. But then it was the idiot that turned around after they lost. Just go back to Canada, you effing losers. Really? 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 We want to go yeah. there. Go back to yeah. Canada. Okay. So let's let's go back. So remember Go though, back to where you came from, you free healthcare Canadian <laughs> maple syrup chugging moose oh, fan. I just yeah. remember, like, even in the Coyotes – group on facebook they would crap on canadians i'm like this is the time when dome was the captain i'm like your captain's canadian so just stop labeling all canadians because i don't label all americans if i'm having an argument with one or two americans like for the love of god people yes canadians are arrogant when it comes to hockey 100 percent, because it's what we do it's like the biggest canadian thing is hockey it's what we do so yeah we come across as arrogant i get it right However, however, stop labeling just one or two. And this whole fighting at a game is just beyond stupid to me. Like, I'm there to watch a sporting event, not some jackass get drunk and two idiots just start to brawl out of hot. Like, you're there to watch the freaking game. Like, I forget where it was, too. I think it was Colorado where the dude got sent down, like, and smashed his head against the boards and he was broken open. There was blood all over the boards. My like, God, people, get a freaking grip. And the best part, yeah. though, is, like, the players don't care about this stuff like if you're wearing if you're wearing um you know uh it doesn't matter what player on the avalanche's jersey say you're wearing a cadre jersey even though he was traded or you know was a free agent signing this year off another team do you think cadre cares that you're wearing his jersey and fighting some dude that had something bad to say about him they don't care they really don't care you know, and that no, fight going on in the yeah. stands. You know what was awesome about the Boston one is Arizona won that game. Is the fact that a goal got scored while that was going on and nobody noticed because they were too busy brawling. 
if I was in that section too, especially if I was with my kid, I'd be like, ah, geez, let's get the hell out of here for a bit and let this clear on out, right? So anyway, I don't get it, but yeah, go enjoy your dinner. Um, All right. Great talking with you. Hopefully you get some sleep in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how my sleep schedule goes because right now it's 8:40, so um, we'll see what I'll let I'll let you know what my sleep ends up looking like. The next week's going to be weird. <laughs> All right, man. Well, right. I'll, I'll think of you while I am out cold tonight because I'm an old man and I love my sleep. <laughs> All right. We do want to thank all of you listeners again for tuning in on this extra unedited bonus episode directly before one of the new release episodes. So get ready to listen to that one where we talk about the stand-up players of DSPHO West. But uh, yeah, unedited episode here. So as you can see, as I screw that up, there'll be no puck noise at the end. We'll just end it. So All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cheers.